dear friends. Hello, dear Sarapters. Hello. We're back and we're better than ever. Wow. She's running on the floor with like a cool sweatband around her head. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so welcome everyone. We are gonna have a great chat about um the world of technology. Uh, and like to say up front that neither of us have any real in-depth knowledge about technology <laughs> other than that we use it. So just want to do that dis- disclaimer, but it'll be a fascinating conversation. Um, and so today we have the lovely Ursula, and Ursh is a, a wonderful teacher and gifted musician and someone who just got her hair redone in quite a delightful style. And I hope that we can post a photo of that to the Facebook group. <laughs> it, it looks uh, like thanks. next level on trend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks. That's so kind of you to say. No, and it, it just look, looks like you have zero grey hair in your head. So congratulations. <laughs> yeah. That's all part that of was, my plan. Yeah. Amazing. And then we also have Tam or Tamster, as she shall be known, who is um, a very gifted physiotherapist and um, mother to three boys who also has been working full time as as her husband. And I am in absolute jaw dropping awe of you for being able to. Yeah. Yeah. currently be asleep on my keyboard <laughs> and we would respect that if we just hear some gentle snoring halfway through so um yeah hats off to you for right. doing all that and you know editing podcasts in your spare time <clears throat> amazing oh so anyway my yeah. proper intro to this is how I wanted to start so here we go I love technology have you guys not seen what Napoleon Dynamite on? from like nine years ago? <laughs> oh, like I was going to say ten years ago. The only scene I, I remember just, is that, him that dancing on stage. I think I got the words wrong, but that has stuck with me. Um, and every time I hear the word technology, that is what I sing in my head. <laughs> now I've just sung it out loud. Obviously. Oh, that is so funny. I sing the big no. block song. Okay. Have you ever seen that from the kids' show? Technology. <laughs> Technology. Tam, what, what are you like, thinking? I can't remember the rest. Are you kind of just freaking out right now? <laughs> I have no songs. I'm sorry. I have no technology things. Oh, you're missing out. I know. By the end, yeah. Tam. That's you need to come up with I know how you love challenges. Okay. Well, <laughs> challenge. Now, I want to start this by just letting all our listeners out there know who we truly are in terms of technology. And I have found an article that lists the five stages of technology adoption. So let me go through them. And as we go, you guys can go, yeah, that's me. And then our our listeners identify who they are. (laughs) Does that sound good? Let's box people some more tonight. So I love to box people. The first stage of technology adoption is called the innovator. They are 2.5% of the population, so by far the smallest stream here. They are the first, as you would think, to adopt innovation, usually the youngest in age and the highest in social class. They like to take risks and usually have the financial resources to absorb their failures. That's why 
and they're extremely social. Mm-hmm. The next is the early adopters, 13.5%. They adopt technology early. They're typically younger in age, again, higher social status, financial means. Um, Realise that their choice of adoption helps them maintain a central communication position. Moving on. Michelle, that's you. Yeah, I was thinking that was you. Do you think that's me? Quite highly, possibly, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right, cool. Number three. I I would almost say it was me, but I reckon I'm Yeah, I would have thought that too. (laughs) Yeah, I would have thought you, Pam, yeah, more than me. Okay. Yeah, true. But I do have the iPhone X, but that's more because my business partner is more, I think, in the innovator space and (laughs) I'm just along for the ride. (laughs) (laughs) My lack of financial means puts me out of that category. So, Well, that's the other thing, yeah, if you can put things through a business and claim it, (laughs) it's a different (laughs) ball game. It's so true, isn't it? Yeah, which brings me to another point, but I'll get to that later. Okay, early majority is the next adopters, 34%. So this is one of the bigger crews. They adopt after a degree of time, um, again, above average social status con- and usually have contact with early adopters. So they'll kind of watch the early adopters and then go, okay, yeah, I'm in. After Can I just time. say I am so sick of Tam just watching me? Oh, no, and just following <laughs> everything that you do. Just what? like... <laughs> She's like a stalker. It's really getting uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, okay. I get what you're okay. saying. Right. Oh, wow. yeah. I wonder which category you're in. She can't even get the jokes. <laughs> Shush. Don't give me a one yet. Okay. The next one <laughs> is late majority. This is 34%. So they will adopt the change, but after the majority of society already has. They're highly skeptical about innovation. Um, and interestingly, below average social and financial status. I think, anyway, this can't be completely right. And the final one is the laggards, which I've never heard this term before. I would have thought the lugites, luddites, 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 sixteen percent. Yeah, and I think this is me. Anyway, they are the last. Obviously, they have an aversion to change, which I don't know if that's true. But anyway, tend to be old and focus on tradition <laughs> with a low social status and financial means and are usually only in contact with their family oh, and is. close friends. Anyway. No, I reckon you're Yeah, I, I was going to say that is me. That is me. Oh, I don't know. No. Oh, I'd, I'd I mean, like to be late majority. Maybe that's my <laughs> year, year goal. <laughs> I, have got, I, I think those definitions are a bit wrong. I think it's very boxing. Like It know, is. Yes. Of course it is older people and yeah. social status I think that's yeah but uh, I, know. I, know, I was wondering I know if there's a personality intelligent, yeah there's lots of highly intelligent people that choose not to you know exactly Thank engage you. on technology exactly yeah yeah well because the thing that I did find interesting yeah that's true they see through it all they that's we right. see through what society's doing oh um, it's much better than everyone is that what you're saying? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Conspiracy theories. Um, uh, anyway, it reminds me of a, there's a Black Books episode. I don't know if you've ever seen Black Books. And yeah. one of the guys, he goes to work at Goliath Books, Manny, it is. And he's got the duty to do. T- oh, anyway, just going off track. But he's like, our computer system, it um, tracks your eye movement every 80 seconds. Some people call that intrusive, but we like to say it's you know, being friendly or something like that. <laughs> anyway. Uh, That's good. I can't remember where I was going with that. But, yeah, so there you go. There's our categories. Oh, that's what I was going to say. 
it's interesting the thing about social status and financial means because um, one thing I think that should, I'm probably jumping into early, but one thing that should move us, I think, from a, a Christian worldview is how does that potentially disadvantage people in this new world? And I guess we're seeing that more and more um, with the globalisation and the rise of technology is that there are those that can be a part of that and those that can't. And what happens to those that can't, perhaps from a financial point of view, keep up with where society is going? Interestingly, though, I, um, as as part of my work, I have contact with a lot of people in low, very, very low socioeconomic mm. um, brackets, you know, and some people can't afford to necessarily eat all the time, but I rarely see someone without a smartphone. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Well, even even in the developing world, like mobile phones are prevalent. Yeah. So, yeah, I do hear what you're saying, but I I think, um, yeah, I think it's actually more, it's been more helpful than not (laughs) in in some of the poverty spaces anyway, in terms of getting yeah. messages around. Yeah, flattening that out, I'm sure you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Where people just not... But then whether they have mobile coverage. Yeah. And are starving. <laughs> well, they're saying, sorry, just, add, just a side note, but traditional banking is out of reach for people in rural areas of developing countries, but the mobile phone is allowing them to do money and banking. Like they can actually yeah. do financial transactions online. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, I guess there's positives and negatives in it. So don't judge my iPhone X is what I'm trying to say. <gasps> you know I am. <laughs> yeah, however, I do think there is a yeah, there is something that I've avoided because it feels too hard to engage with, but, you know, small children being killed mining for the minerals that go into my phone. Oh, yeah. I think about it. I know. No. It's bad though, but it, we do need to think about it. We do. Think, do. What can anyway, we do we about have that? that one. Oh, do you know what? I'll come back to you on that. I've I started listening yeah. to a few different things on it and there are organisations um, who are really cleaning up their supply chains like um, is it Konica Minolta? I think it is, the, whatever that name is. Um, they have brought someone in to look specifically at their supply chains and so I think there, there is a shift but it's still a long way off because you can mm. only get this mineral that is in what everybody is demanding in certain places and it, yeah, it's not, yeah. you know, it's just like it's the typical complexity where it's not as simple as just saying, well, don't do it because <laughs> the world wouldn't cope with that response. Yeah. So, yeah. But- that's interesting. But that's also part of like that test that we just did about the innovators. One of the things that they talked about is often they're very scientific, those people that are innovators. So I'm guessing that maybe the, they're the people like yes. the creators as well of some of these new technologies and they don't necessarily look at the social or relational constructs of things. They're looking at mm. things from a scientific advancement point of view. Absolutely. And so if Or the creative one, yeah, like you think Steve Jobs, for instance, like I read his biography, sorry, digressing here, but, you know, he would say that we would take ideas into a focus group, like the idea of the iPad, and, like, no one really knew what was going on. No one was would say that that was a good thing. Mm. And he's like, you can't ask people what they want because they only know what they have. You have to push the boundaries and show them the advantage yeah. and the possibility. And so, yeah, they're always pushing ahead, obviously, but yeah, perhaps not caring. I reckon it's more creating, exciting, innovating 
money <laughs> than it is. Mm-hmm. Gen- this is such generalised terms, but I think the people stuff lags generally. Yeah, interesting. Though. I think that's true, that thing like often people don't know what they want. Until you force yeah. it on them. We, yeah. Pretty much. But, and that is not necessarily a bad thing. Like there's that cartoon or meme probably as you young people would say. <laughs> <laughs> you early adopters. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, um, but it's like got a picture of uh, like a wheel, at, like lots of cavemen with signs saying, no wheels here, we don't want the wheel. <laughs> so, <laughs> <true. laughs> so how, so Ish, of you as a laggard or luggard, whatever it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. Luddite, laggard, yeah. How do you use technology, if at all? Uh, well, I use email and... Mobile phone? <laughs> do you use do you use photocopier cards <laughs> if required? Oh my goodness! Yeah. So, see, what is that in me? It's really some it, days okay. I get quite depressed yeah. about it. I'll be honest, because there's a part of me that doesn't care about technology at all. But I know that's the way society's going. But and I don't understand why that's in me. Like I'm not on Facebook really, and my parents oh. are. Like yeah. they're better, or they're like. Like even seriously, I'm probably going to lose my job. But PowerPoint, I don't think anyone uses that anymore. But you know, like yeah, I they just, do a lot. Basic, basic. I don't know. It's all Google this and what what are that. Um, <laughs> oh, you are 85 years old. <gasps> even my, even my nana, who is nearly 85, is on Facebook. <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, it freaks me out. I I once joined up. One of my goals is maybe in the next few years I'll get back onto Instagram. In the next so I joined few years. Instagram once. <laughs> Sorry, I've got a goal setting <laughs> about. Instagram won't be around by then. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like far enough in the future that it doesn't freak me out because I joined it and then all of a sudden I got just like hundreds of messages from people like, yeah, you're on social media, blah, 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 and it freaks me out and I'm like, I am out of here. And I never went on it again because I like it's too intense. Maybe it's the introvert part of me. Like I don't want to know every little thing that every person thinks. I don't want to see your fishy, kissy smiles at camera. I don't want to hear your opinions about every issue. I don't, it just overwhelms me. I cannot. I I can't cope with it. And yet yeah, I totally I, feel that. That I'm is how too, I feel about Facebook. Yeah, and I know that you can probably. I know you can probably put in controls and things like that. No, you just so then then maybe there's no. That's all. No, uh, people tell me you can. Hmm. And then well, the other thing not, was like, like, what if someone wants to be your friend and you don't want to? Yeah, that's the thing. What if someone wants to be your friend and you don't want to be their friend? And then that's kind yeah, of that so weird you, looming you, thing. As a part, as someone that was a pastor, yeah, yeah I do. Bruce is the same, and you're yeah. the same enneagram ish. Oh, so I think there might be something in that. I reckon. Okay. Yeah. Overwhelmed, like. It should just be about people, man, and relationship and genuine authenticity. Until Bruce's motorbike ended up yeah. on YouTube and suddenly he's on Instagram because all these people <laughs> like him and following him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So true. Oh, that's funny. So good. Yeah. See, I'm an introvert as well, but I'm a little bit the opposite. I like I like social media because I yeah. don't have to actually talk to people so yeah, I can right. maintain relationships without having to do the things. Mm. Yeah. Like yep. I could see that. How often do you use it? To an extent. Mm. Often. Mm. As in when you say use, like I browse, I don't do a lot of engaging. Like a drug? 
<laughs> like I don't I don't often well, they comment. Say it is. I don't often double tap an Instagram photo. I just I literally just browse. I don't know if it makes me feel like I'm connected to a greater I don't know universal thing or what, but yeah. I mean, I notice I pick up my smartphone all the time and this is one of the bad things about not yes. being connected in all those ways is sometimes you're just like Oh, I've already looked at the ABC News app 10 times in the last hour. I've already read all my text messages and my emails. What else is going on in the world? What's happening with people? And you do get that sense of being very disconnected and, you know, people don't remember your birthdays anymore and stuff like that because you're not wow. like a part of Facebook or whatever. Not you guys in particular. I'm just saying <laughs> generally speaking, you do you can feel very much on the outer of, of things and, and but you yourself like it's it's like a de-stressor isn't it to just pick up that phone scroll, and scroll, get the next scroll. hit and find out what's going on scroll absolutely scroll. yeah well I actually did a little experiment sort of without being super intentional about it but I hid my birthday date Hilarious. on Facebook mm. um my birthday was on the weekend because I I don't know I was in this kind of zone of like I really Who's my real friend? who are my real friends, who really is going to remember? And it was just like a little test. I think maybe being interstate as well, going, mm, oh, you know, I feel like I'm me. in between. Yeah, who really knows? And, and I was pleasantly surprised. You two came through with the goods. Thank you. Yeah. And not that I have an issue, people didn't obviously at all, but it just showed, you know, actually there is life outside of social media. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was really lovely. Yeah. Those texts were very meaningful and I knew um, that that was people just remembering or having it in their diary or whatever rather than just seeing it. And I didn't get all the weird wall com- comments from people that I haven't yeah. seen for 15 I years. I really dislike the wall yeah. Facebook comments. But I like seeing it on so birthday and then I text. So I like seeing it. It's helpful yeah, as a reminder. Right. But then do you know what I forgot to do is turn it off on my LinkedIn. I kid you not, I've had about 30 messages from people who I don't know. I don't <laughs> even know why we are connected. Yeah. I think it's two people that I actually know who I've had a conversation with in my life who sent me a a message. The rest were just (laughs) random. And all they say is, happy birthday, exclamation point. I'm like, oh, what's the point? Mm. (laughs) But I have found I am totally a, like you, Tam, I I feel like you engage more than me, but I I check all the time, mostly Facebook because I'm I'm scared of getting myself hooked on Instagram. But I don't post because I'm also aware that as soon as you make a comment and one person saying, then I feel guilty that I haven't commented on everybody else's posts or I should be engaging more. Yeah, or, yeah. and so then I just get tired in a knot and I don't know what to do. It's bad. Yeah. I had this experience one time where mm. I saw someone, um, so I think it was a life group friend, so we'd kind of catch up with them maybe fortnightly properly and we might bump into them at church kind of thing. Um, so we were fairly connected and we kind of we got together on that Wednesday night or whatever and I said something and he goes oh yeah I know I saw it on Facebook and I think (gasps) I reckon that was the last time I ever posted something significant on Facebook because I thought what is the use if I if it if it stops meaningful interactions with people (laughs) with real people yeah yeah, yeah, like it just took all the meaning out of catching up with someone, even someone who had seen a week previously. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't think I've really posted much since then. That was a few years ago. So, yeah, yeah, it's funny. But then I also like observing what other people are saying too. So, I'm like, I'm interested in their lives generally. Yeah. And yeah, every now and again I'll get my husband to stalk people for yeah, me. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's my other feel. I know, I know I'd be like that if I was on it all the time. Oh, yeah. You go down some rabbit holes, let oh, me yeah. tell you. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then I'm also, I don't know if you got, Tam, if you're a part of some groups, but I joined this other one, Like-Minded Bitches Drinking Wine. Have you heard oh, of that nice. group? <laughs> yeah. It's actually like amazing all these female um entrepreneurs just doing amazing business things and posting asking for feedback or comments or advice or like it's next level switched on people who are really doing um like pushing the boundaries but my goodness it's just overwhelming I'm in that group and then I'm in an inner West Sydney mums group and then chat 10 looks three like that alone it's just like it feels like every woman in Australia is having a conversation about something and that's that is like yeah a bit um distracting because yeah you kind of have this need to to keep up even though there's no one judging you if you were keeping up or not but you just I don't know if it's just the perfectionist in us that just wants to keep up with everything even though it has little to no significance (laughs) in our lives we're looking for something interesting I think you know that whole idea of content is king and even just the way we consume Netflix now like I listened to this fascinating um, business podcast around the war between Blockbuster and Netflix and just the massive shift that we've had where everything is on demand and we're always looking for the new thing um, and how addictive that is. That's the same with music, isn't it? Yep, exactly. Like the way we consume music has changed, the way we consume books, you know, has changed and we're always in fear that that's going to kill it. It won't, but it's definitely Mm. made it different and... And even though, like, we hear all the things, like, you know, the artists, and it's the same with movies, you know, don't download your ripping the millionaire actors <laughs> yeah. off or whatever, you know. But it's like people still do all that stuff and they still, you know, consume in different ways because it's yeah. convenient. Speaking of which, I think I'd mentioned to you guys, I won't do it in recommendations because I don't know if I'm recommending it, but on Netflix there's an interesting series about technology called Black Mirror Um, black mirror being the black screens Mm. on our devices and yes be very careful what you watch so I would just say find someone who has watched it before you particularly if you're a sensitive person like I am Um, but there are a couple of really great episodes that I've seen and that were recommended to me and so one of them is season three nosedive another one which is all all kind Mm. of about um and they actually say that these episodes were a bit prophetic in nature so they did them and then a little while they found something so um the nosedive one is kind of a bit like a facebooky system where everyone judges you on stuff and if you do something nice they up your profile (laughs) and only people that have like a good mark on their profile can get certain jobs or live in certain places oh wow and there's some kind of chinese credit thing which is similar which is coming in at the moment in china i believe um so it's this idea of you kind of being voted to a higher status by people around you you do um yeah there's another one called san junipero which i don't want to give too much away but it's kind of about um virtual reality worlds and what that could do for people that are um, terminally ill Mm. or things like that and then there's and um, one I just watched the other day in season four called USS Callister, and that one was all about kind of like um, getting people's DNA and creating, I guess, artificial life with them. So there's been an argument lately about is AI, like if you can create a robot that can start to think for itself, mm. does that take on human characteristics and therefore how we treat it is important? Like does it kind of start to think and feel for itself? 
And uh, like I know that there's been some debates around that as well. So, yeah, so there's some really great episodes that are really interesting, but there's also some really freaky and disgusting yeah. ones that I'll just yeah. go, avoid, avoid, avoid. <laughs> so you so those three are like good. Irish, you're on Netflix at last. I know. Yeah, that took a while, though. But that was, yeah. <laughs> anyway. I'm trying. I was at a dinner party and I said, and you know, you guys are on Netflix and the two groups of people were like, no, what do you mean? Wow, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, I know I don't get it either. Well, it's like podcasts. I've jumped into that. I love podcasts. That's true. You were were leading the way with podcasts with us, I think. Well, certainly for me. Yeah, I think in my current state of overwhelm, I have not been able to consume media at all, which has been really sad actually. I miss I miss stuff, but um, I must get back to it. But I think that's that's yeah. probably my link to my like I love self development, self help, learning information, yeah. and so there's a lot of that. On, and it has actually, I would say, it's been a big part in um, rejuvenating my spiritual world. Yeah, wow. To have access to yeah, a whole bunch of different, you know, like your Richard Raw, your Rob yes. Bell's, yeah. Yeah, Oprah's, like we spoke yeah. about yeah, in the last pod. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It does. It makes it's that yes. accessibility thing. It means nothing is yeah, you can you can access so much that was previously only accessible by, you know, plane tickets yeah. and conferences and um expense that most of us couldn't afford. So yeah, yeah mm. now it's all free and in our ears. Exactly. Whenever we I want think the it. trick that with that though is also moving me anyway, is how do you then wrestle with it and maybe it's because I'm an external processor but being able to have the conversation which is why this podcast is really great for me anyway <laughs> because it's a good way to think through some of the things that you're exploring but it would be tricky yeah. if you didn't have that I yeah, guess if you're just yeah. consuming um like yeah how you ground True. that I guess is is the thing that church has provided ideally not necessarily but ideally um for people like, and I think certainly the way yeah. churches have engaged with technology has really changed mm. massively in the last 10, 15 years as well, hasn't it? Like, mm. I don't know, I remember growing up the slide projector and now you kind of, everyone has to have a mood, like a short film, it seems, yeah. a different one each Sunday or at least a different one each month. Um, yeah, which is yeah, good, like it's engaging, I guess. Um, but even the e-news, like those kind of things are really mm. simple but helpful text messages and in a lot of respects I guess it's expected like especially um, people in our generation and the generations after us they expect that level Mm. of engagement with technology Mm. and if they're not um, seeing that I think that would um, that would be a turn-off for them so with all the consuming of podcasts and the reading of articles that we do do you guys feel like um you're kind of skewing things towards affirming the beliefs that you already hold as opposed to giving yourselves more of a well-rounded view of spirituality and Christianity? Whoa, hit me where it hurt. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, I feel like prob- possibly now, I feel like over the last year, the good thing that it's done is introduce me through, you know, I guess if you like this person, you'll like this person, it kind of introduces you to a whole <laughs> bunch of people that I hadn't heard of before and who I go, wow, what you're saying actually makes sense to me and you're arguing it in such a way that I can align myself with it but I've never heard it put like that before. 
So that's mm. been really wonderful and liberating. But, yeah, you're right. It's not like I'm looking up whatever, ultra-right conservatives, you know, South Southern Baptist preachers or something like that. So Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think – I mean, I think we'd read a lot of that stuff anyway and, and immediately know that it doesn't – yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, but they're not hard, probably completely wrong about every single thing. No, and then are we just playing right into the same issues that are happening in the world with this kind of yeah attacking of one another and unable to hear each other's views? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, which isn't because- that interesting because, like, we're living in a society now where we can know more about one another and I guess in a way understand more about one another than ever before and yet mm. we seem to be more divided. It's like finding out more and hearing each other's stories more is not necessarily helping us connect. <laughs> That's true. And we're quicker to identify the differences than the commonalities, right? Particularly, mm. I think, in the Christian world. <laughs> we just, I don't know, somehow maybe it's the human nature in us that need yeah. to, to f- pick a patch and stand by it strongly. Mm. Yeah, align with something. I find like I still, not through my choice of things, I follow in terms of organisations or topics, but being, I guess, particularly in the Facebook world still I see because of the people who I've known over the years, there would still be quite a diversity in views in the faith space. Mm-hmm. So yep. I do see and hear some of that, but, I, yeah, I'm not sure that I engage with it and want to have a conversation. <laughs> I probably more... Not that I'm annoyed at the person necessarily, usually not unless they're being antagonistic and annoying, but generally it's just yeah. like, oh, wow, you believe that. Wow, I'm really not there myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's probably I unconsciously put them more and more in boxes based on what they're sharing and posting, mm-hmm. which probably isn't great, is it? <laughs> I guess it's human nature. It is. And I think those things still happened without Facebook and prior to social media, you know. I think we can't, you know, we can't blame social media for all of these things. They People like to be still happen, their... just maybe not quite so. That's true. Quick, quickly, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose their... it just speeds up everything. Yes. People want tribe to find their tribe and be in their tribe. That's true. And in a way, we are still holding on to these networks that are so much bigger than what you would naturally have had at this stage of life, yeah. isn't it? Which is probably what exactly what you're saying. Tam. <laughs> Sorry, just piggybacking off that idea but you know when in my in my late teens 20s yeah there was a huge circle of people was working operating in different worlds and getting a sense of who your tribe is and then you start to settle but you because of social media these days you still stay connected to those people (laughs) without (laughs) ever seeing them maybe like yeah it's it's a weird yeah true thing yeah, like a lot of the people that I'm friends with on Facebook, yeah, had there not been Facebook, we would have lost contact completely because mm. we've got nothing in common <laughs> at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that it forces these friends. weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Uh, yeah. Is this the yeah. whole kind of furor around Facebook kind of being a bit on the outer of it recently, like around people's data being given away? Like, yeah, it's exactly what we've just been talking about, Ish. Ah, I'm with you. But it's, yeah, that's right. I mean, they can, they can use your information to manipulate you. Yeah, target you. They can, yeah, they yeah, can. If, if you're not aware of it, I guess. 
or maybe but it depends I mean I don't I don't really pay all that much attention I suppose to a lot of the stuff that flashes up that I know I haven't followed myself mm. yep but then yeah I guess it depends so you don't know what you don't know you are yeah but I do know what I do know <laughs> I found. It is. Wait a minute. I can't follow this conversation. <laughs> you, you know, you're part of it. I mean, I guess, I guess I like to, I like to think that I'm an informed consumer. You know, like I don't, as much as I might mindlessly scroll through Facebook, I'm not, I'm not mindlessly consuming everything that I'm reading. Mm. You know, I, as I said, I like to think that maybe it's not true. But. Yeah, but also, and this comes back to like this idea of inequality potentially in technology. Is doesn't that require also maybe some higher order thinking? That maybe that sounds really bad, but maybe some people don't have access to have been trained in that. Yeah, and I think that's what I was trying to say before, but I didn't want to sound like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm defriending you from my well of the interwebs. Okay, moving right along. Scary path. Um, okay. Yeah, no, you're right. You have to have some element if you if you're going to be a clever consumer. You have to have some element of critical thinking, and I that's think what that's what a lot of people are losing. Yes, because everything is so accessible. Yeah. They're losing that ability to critically consume and they're taking everything as given and you mm. can't now because yeah, yeah. you can write anything on the internet. You can write lies and crap and, you know, someone's going to believe you. Look at, oh, who's that guy? David Avocado, what's his face? Who writes all <laughs> the bollocks about, you know, not immunising your children and yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's true. You know, and he's got a whole tribe. Yeah. This is yeah. what we need to be teaching kids, though. This is the thing, isn't it? Is society keeping up with the pace in technology as well? Like we know that oh, we, and it's the laws not. aren't. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, is, um, I guess, technical literacy. Yeah. What about or just general literacy? One <laughs> <Yeah>. more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seriously not going to have a job anymore after this podcast. <laughs> Um, what about in church your church lives do you find that technology plays a part I still remember being in the young adults group at my church in my around 20 and the pastor at the time being really frustrated by people who brought was it a PDA um with the bible app on it (laughs) and was just like no we bring our actual Bibles. It's really important that we actually physically have God's Word in my in our hands. And, man, how much of that changed, right? Like yeah. I would never think to bring a Bible to church ever, ever, ever. No, that's right. I mean the pastor reads from an iPad often. Yes, or it's on the screen. Like it's already pre – like why do you even bother looking it up yeah. when it's literally right there on the giant screen as they're saying yeah. it? Uh, that's so true. But I love – I do like having – but this is back to I like having a library rather than – Throwing mm. my books away, there, but there's something yeah. tactile there, and there is something in the learning process of reading and turning pages that is yeah. important. But anyway, that's by the by. No, I no, think- no, it's not by the by. I agree with that. In fact, I, I, there's a great BBC article just to jump in here ish um, around how smartphones and social media are changing Christianity, mm. and it's yeah, it's really interesting because they're, they're talking about how um, yeah people are using 
well, like churches are using Twitter accounts and bishops are blogging and all of that kind of stuff, right? This is messy. <laughs> I like the it. alliteration. I know, it's cool. Bishops are blogging, man. But they're saying mm-hmm. like version, which is the app I've got. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say the app I use, but it's the app I have. <laughs> and they've said it's been installed more than 260 million times worldwide since it launched in 2008. Oh, wow. um, and that... One of the first things Christians did was put the Bible into digital formats, so they're kind of leading the way in a way. Um, but people have spent more than 235 billion minutes using the app and they've highlighted 636 million Bible verses. Like even that information mm-hmm. is fascinating to me that you can even know that. Mm. That's bizarre. Um, but they're saying yeah. that people are losing perhaps their overall sense of the Bible to, to that point of like you don't have it physically, you don't think about Genesis to Revelation as yeah, much when right. you're looking at a verse or a um, you know one snapshot, and so yeah. the, they're suggesting that people are um, oh, what are they saying? They're saying that they're becoming it's known as moralistic therapeutic deism, where the form of your belief is focused more on the charitable and moral side of the Bible than on the notions that the universe was created by an all-seeing, all-powerful leader. Um, so, for instance, when people share Bible verses on social media, they tend to find ones that um, are about um, stuff that's happening like personal struggles or dealing with anxiety or their own personal stuff mm. rather than talking about the glory of God. Mm. And so this is kind of the same, like if someone wrote you an encouraging snail mail card in the old days, they would put in, mm. Light in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So than- true. And I think, yeah, it, yeah. It, just, it just amplifies it more so now than perhaps it mm. was in the past. Like I was thinking, I still remember, again, in the same young adults group, having one of the um, my friends, the same age, but it was a real prayer intercessor type person saying she found it fascinating that all of her own generation would use worship lyrics to prophesy and pray over people, whereas the older generation in their 50s and 60s would use actual scripture. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and so in a way maybe we're flipping back the other way because you can just grab that snap you can search literally search for the words that you're trying to, to use and maybe we so true. more um, <laughs> it's or maybe we're just totally losing, losing the sense of the bigger picture and the complexity I think yeah I feel like we're maybe leaning into more of a simplistic view maybe maybe that's just my own personal perspective I don't you know, know yeah I think that's really important a really important point, Shell. I was thinking one of the things that I, and I've heard pastors say this as well, make sure you're on your Bible app and not checking out Facebook in the middle of the sermon. And I uh-huh. find this is one of the things, not being on Facebook, but still um, that I really am trying to shut down in myself is that whole thing of like not being present in the moment. And yeah, I think that's okay. one thing, yeah, with smartphones like oh, I can write down my shopping list and I can look at my bible verse and I can check out the what's happening on the news and I can reply to a text message to someone else in a yeah in another row in church that's like sent me an emoji you know like <laughs> it's, it is like a very divided when you talk about like a spiritual practice of going to church which should be you would think being present to God and being present to others in the moment and you know like switching off from all that stuff yeah mm. I, I find that 
a bit more disturbing in myself. Absolutely. And it's not even in the church setting. It's just even in your own personal reflection meditation time. It's hard enough. It was always hard enough as it was to try to tune out. But then, yeah, the ease ease of distraction is, yeah, quite diabolical really in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Maybe we can find a challenge for yeah, I was yeah, just going to say I found like, and I think Tam, you were saying you've done this too, but the idea of just turning off notifications sounds really obvious, yeah. but no notifications for email or social media stuff. It is quite yeah. freeing. Makes a big difference. Yep. Mm. Apart from actually go the opposite way and actually try and engage with social media by joining Instagram <laughs> in the next two years. <laughs> I, um, one thing that I'm going to try and do. Um, See, I had a friend that talked about like putting your phone on flight mode at night or whatever, but um, Mm. I'm too worried that I'll miss a really, not having a landline, that I'll miss like an emergency call from someone. So I can't do that. But um, I am trying to endeavour, like because I'm quite a bad sleeper already, like avoid checking my phone So after I've gone to bed. So, you know, Mm -hmm. it's hard because my phone is kind of also my alarm clock and I want to know if it's 3.30am and I'm still awake. But avoid then going, oh, just go and check out what's happening on yada yada. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of my thing and I'm trying to do that of late. And another thing is to Just on that one, sorry. Thing. Sorry. Yeah. Would you just get an alarm yeah. clock? An old school that's alarm a, clock? That's a really good point, but then I feel like more of a laggard than I already am. Well, no, I have to I'm looking <laughs> yeah. at it now because I remember I passed a journey yeah. on this exact thing going yeah. Just, just don't look at your phone. Do not bring it into the no. bedroom. Get an alarm clock. It's, it's not that hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's $20. Yep. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm, Sorry. Maybe I'm going to do that then. That's maybe awesome. Maybe you will. Maybe I will. <laughs> is, that a dare? is that a challenge? Uh, the other thing I was going to say is um, I'm terrible at it. I did it for a little while during Lent, but I need to take it up again, is not checking the news as soon as I wake up in the morning. Mm. Like maybe I could actually turn on my Bible app and at least put some positive input into my brain before I check out all the work mm. and things in the world. So, yeah. Yeah. That's mine. What are you going to do, Tam? I don't know. I think that first thing in the morning thing is really good because I think sometimes, you know, how you start your day is definitely how you go on with your day, isn't it? Mm. And I think often, yeah, the first thing I do because, yeah, my phone is also my alarm clock. So you turn off your alarm and then, oh, what's happening on Facebook? Mm. So... Yeah, I think first thing in the morning perhaps I need to set myself some time before I'm allowed to, you know, even if it's checking emails, which like seriously, what email is important enough that needs to be checked at 6.30 in the morning? So I'm sure it can wait till 8, you know. So maybe just setting a time when I'm allowed to. I'm sure there's probably an app app you can download, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) That, um, that locks you out of things. Yeah, I'm sure there. Until a certain time. I might have to see about that. We've lost Ursh, by the way. Ursh, <laughs> come back. Yeah. Oh, You're almost done. I just want to say, isn't it ironic? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think? Yes, that on this technology right. podcast, we have broken down numerous times. Like numerous. Like yes. a number, plentifully, like oh, more than what would be a coincidence. And by the like fifth time I was just saying then, are you serious? And then my phone suddenly <laughs> starts saying, 
I'm not serious, Charlie. (laughs) Whoa, on every level, I never said Siri and my name's not Charlie. It's my daughter's name. Your phone is a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay. We totally failed at technology tonight, but, you know, I think that's kind of our trademark by now. I feel like it's a prophetic insight into what's really happening in this nation. Um, I don't know. Read into that as you will. False prophet. <laughs> anyway. False no, you prophet. Were Thank you. Where's the edification, my friend? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I was going to agree with you about challenge. So I really do. Like I've read some articles about it and I've thought that it's on a good phone? idea on my phone or my laptop. <laughs> usually both. I'm usually reading something on my laptop while listening to something on my phone. Of course. You better. Even when I'm doing this podcast, I hope you realize I'm also looking at other things. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so used. Just a heads up. Um, so I think, yeah, I want to, I think I'd like to set in motion that, well, okay, that's a bit tricky because I've started Headspace, which again, mm, ironically, is, awesome. is on your phone. But yeah, it is really yep. helpful, which is doing 10 minutes of meditation a day at the moment. Oh. I'm just doing the beginner's thing. Um, and it's a guided thing. And the guys, it's just really helpful. It's not judgy. It is just. And he's got a really sexy voice. He's such a good choice for meditation <laughs> <laughs> work. Every day I'm like, wow, they really landed him well. Andy. Um, we love Andy in our hey, house. Hey, I have to check this guy out. Do have you done the kids' ones? The kids' ones no. are great. Okay, I should. I should. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've been doing that most, like every morning apart from the weekend, I miss. But. Um, so that's really helpful, but it does require your phone. So trying to use that on my phone but not check email or social media, that's my big test. Mm, um, yes. But to start that, and I think what I need to do is actually bring out the physical Bible and have that mm. to look at. I think that would be useful. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to go hashtag old school, hashtag ish. And maybe I know people also say about the whole not bringing your phone into your bedroom, like to mm. have some space that is, you know, for sleep and that you don't get have that distraction right in the midst of it. So I don't know. I might trial that maybe mm. and see. But I do love watching Stephen Colbert mock Trump right before we go to sleep. Bruce and I always watch it on the phone. It's like five minutes of mm. his intro. And so maybe I'll have to do that on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> and then go to bed. <laughs> it's probably not that important to have to do um, in the bedroom. And that is all I'll talk about the bedroom with my husband. Yeah. Well, <laughs> a good way to end. I wasn't going to say anything. Yeah. It was getting well, awkward. But I'm actually sitting on my bed right now doing this phone chat as well. Yes, so, I was before yeah. as well. Yeah. There you go. So maybe. Really, we all live in small houses. We don't have much yeah. of a choice, to be honest. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Let's loop back and I'm going to keep you all accountable, especially you, Tamara Jane. Oh, no, I hate it when you do that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening, guys, <laughs> putting up with our technological expertise. Okay. Chat soon. Oh, see you yeah. next time. Bye.